Welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, one of your other hosts. On this show, we're going through the MCU scene by scene or day by day, he said, remembering that part until the end of time. Colin, I, I did it. I remember the day by day part when it was time to say the day by day part. Did you remember to say in chronological order? Yeah. In chronological, in, well, no, I didn't say in chronological order because that's not right, Colin. I'm sorry, historical order, I mean? I'm pretty sure I did. And I'm James Anderson, one of your other hosts. On this show, we're going through the MCU scene by scene or day by day, he said, remembering that part until the end of time. The MCU scene by scene. The MCU scene by scene. I'm pretty sure I did. Historical order. Is I sort feel of like a you mu- must have. I, I I know, but I I took a sip of my drink and I feel like in my head all I heard was the anyway. Listen, yeah, yeah. I don't need, I don't mean to embarrass you in front of our guest. I could and never. I don't think anyone could ever be embarrassed in front of Mike, or rather that Mike would never let them feel embarrassed. Yeah. Hmm. What a, what I a think well, that that's guy. a that's a nice nice thing oh, to say. Well, that look on on his face right now is sort of telling me the opposite. Yeah, oh. he is kind of like James. Oh. You should be ashamed, actually. Wow. Yikes! 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 A doodles. Uh, Mike, welcome back to the Mike. show. <laughs> I almost said Michael for some reason, which is very oh. weird. I've never called you that. It's Michael very Snyder family. We're, we're, when you're here, you're family. It's mm-hmm. like the Olive Garden. Michael, where's the sweet potatoes? Uh huh. It was Thanksgiving. All recently. of my family members sound like the the mm-hmm. the mom from Andor. <laughs> that's a reference that I get, and James is like, aha. Uh-huh, Andor yeah. sounds like a thing that you're trying to say when you're trying to offer people options that are both including everything, but also offering sure. separate options. Sister mm. and apt, or Jedi. An apt uh, point. Let's get into the episode, though, shall mm. we? Well, that's um, sarcastic and mean, but okay. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, boy. Folks, we are back for some Agent Carter Season 1, Episode 8. We are nearly done with this season, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. Totally. And we're going to be starting at 5 minutes and 47 seconds and going until 18 minutes and 20 seconds. Then we're going to stop, pause, go to your next tab, or just hit skip forward three times, uh, and go to uh, 18 minutes and 51 seconds and end at 33.59. Here is a good what chunk we, of time. It's a good chunk of time. It's most of the episode. Um, and here's what we see in those timestamps. Sweet baby Angel Sousa sleeping nice and sad. Oh, my God. Cover your mouth, dude. God. <laughs> Sousa awakes coughing, becoming the super spreader of 1946. He recognizes he's been restrained. And then they talk about the canister and how he attacked Thompson. He remembers the feelings and then goes, oh, I hit you. He panics and apologizes for hitting Carter. He mentions that he still wants to kill Thompson, but no more than usual. Great line. Uh, The team debriefs and they talk about the effects of the gas and that Ivchenko has 10 canisters, uh, meaning that he he has enough to send half of the city into a homicidal rage. They're talking about his potential. God, I can't talk. They're talking about his potential targets when from the back of the room, Stark says, his target is me. All the agents pull their guns. Hands up. Jarvis does so quickly. Stark remains. How did you get in here? You know who designed the SSR security system? Yeah, they're the same outfit that secures the White House. Exactly. They stink. 
you should have hired me. Incredible. Stark remains to be amazing. The security it's, critic. They stink. Yeah, yeah. I, listen, well, I, I want to throw this one out here, right? I just want to say, I think it's possible. Maybe it's just a headcanon. I don't know. But I, I, I don't, I think that maybe Stark plays kind of for, for, for all sides, if you will. Um, oh, sure. You know, if you know what I, I mean. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is that I think the sass there, there, there's just something about it that I feel like there's a kindred spirit here with me. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Fair so enough. exactly. They stink. Well, that is what you were me. saying. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I was making the joke, but you were saying the thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I also think I could also see him being like, you know, to the same people that designed the thing to their faces being like, oh yeah, it was good. You know, I guess mm-hmm. here's some, here's some pointers or let me give you some ideas or whatever. You right. Know, but he's like, oh also, yeah, yeah, no, great. It's great. It's great. Hey, listen, yeah, have you thought well, about this? You. Well, I've got you though. Let me tell you something pretty cool that I think is pretty neat that maybe you guys might want to also use. You Trying know? a lot. What did you say? Anyways. Uh, right. <laughs> and then when they, when they're not looking, he like looks at Jarvis, like Ugh, these guys, and they're like, did you say something? Mm, no, definitely not. <laughs> no, certainly did you not. Just, of course. Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is what you're doing. This is what I want you to do. Um, Stark is now, quote, under arrest. They try and guilt, which I, I put that in quote, quotes, which is quote so true. Is fantastic. It's, I mean, it's so true, right? They're like, you're under arrest. And he's kind of like, I mean, I walked in here. Like, I'm, I'm here on my own volition. And like, it's Make very reminiscent of a scene that we're going to be seeing very soon uh, mm. in a couple of episodes where it's like, he's there, but it's like, you know, is he under arrest? You know, anyway. <laughs> uh, so they try and guilt him and they grill him and they're, you know, just really hammering him. And Stark is just stronger and smarter than that. He tells them about Midnight Oil and what happened to Finnell. They discuss how it's an asphyxiant, which means that Brannis and Demidov's laryngectomies, uh, most likely performed by Evchenko, uh, who is also known as Fenhoff. This is where all that you know, mystery and magic stuff comes in. Uh, which is a doctor uh, with hypnotic abilities. They then realize how he wormed his way in and how he got to Dooley. They plan a sting, but Stark says that he's taking the risk. So they set the scene. A public welcoming and pardoning of Howard Stark, which Fenhoff hears about on the radio as Dottie is killing a security guard at the airfield. Um <laughs> Which I, I cut it for time, but actually I do want to talk about it because she's like, all right, let's go. He's like, actually, we the have to best. go back to the city. And then she's like, she's like, uh, what do you mean? He's like, something's changed. She's like, since I got out of the car. Just since I left the car. Since I left the car. <laughs> it's such a funny line. It's, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, so uh, back at the SSR, <laughs> which I think is actually great because it's like a very meta joke to be like, Oh, of course, he just so happens to hear it on the radio yeah. in right, these right. 10, 15 seconds, you know? It's like, listen, sometimes we have to kind of shovel stuff in, right? But there's also like a, a, a situation, like it, I don't know if we want to humanize villains, but it kind of makes it seem like it's not like a, this is my, you know, he's the he's the commander and she's the the muscle or whatever. It's like, right. you know, they're, they're two people on like kind of a road trip a little bit. And he's like, we got to turn around, you know, they're taking us back to Berlin or whatever, like, just since I left the car, right? Like, eh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I love it. Fantastic delivery of that line. It, it is really great. is. Back at the SSR, there's a great scene of Stark moving around, setting up the lab to treat his inventions correctly. Where he is like, "What are you doing? This should be facing this way. This needs to go here. This needs to be dark. This needs to be cold." And then he goes, "This one 
is fine. And I think that one <laughs> is hilarious because he's like fussing about everything, but he goes this one and like he just barely touches it. I mean, like he moves it maybe an inch. And I feel like at that point, it's just to prove a point because yeah. this one's fine. <laughs> um, and so you know, he's doing all that stuff. And then uh, Howard and Peggy really kind of get into it about keeping him safe and his ego and desire to take on all of the blame and troubles. Sound familiar? It will later. They reconcile about the last time they spoke and head to the event. A trap is sprung, but it's not the SSRs. Ooh, it's Fenhoff's. As they trick the SSR and make away with Howard Stark. Oh, crazy. Peggy and Thompson realize that's weird. I usually do either both first names or both last names. This time I did a mix. This whole season. Peggy and Jack. That's my note. Yeah. Yeah. Peggy and Jack realize it's May 8th. VE day. They're going to hit Times Square, which by the way, I feel like that's a wild thing to happen, right? Like it's one year after. And yeah. I just feel like considering like both of them having been involved in all of that, like how are you like, what's today? Hmm. May 8th. <gasps> VE day. It's like a really weird <laughs> moment where I'm like, surely you knew that today was VE day. You know, this is why they started telling people never to forget stuff like important mm. dates like that. Right. Ah. Oh. Mm. That's, a That's good way why to put September. It. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yep. yep. I get it. Because they were like, never be in this situation again where you have to stop and think about it on camera. They're uh, like, remember okay. the Alamo? And everyone's like, yeah, sure, of course. Right. How can that I forget? That was sometime, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting factor. They said, remember the Alamo. They didn't say, remember right. when the Alamo. Exactly. And they that's true. Re- exactly. So like, we yeah. remember like, that's the Alamo. Why I, that's why I remember the place, but not anything right. about anything else. Exactly. And then Vietnam went on for fucking ever. And they're like, when did this even start? I don't even know, man. Who Two knows? years ago. And it was 15 years prior. And they're <laughs> yeah. like, we have got to stop this. <laughs> this is too much. It's just too much. So speaking of too much, Stark is awoken by a slap to find himself in his own hangar. Um, he looks up at Dottie. Mm, don't tell me. Lorraine? Amazing and wrong. And he is slapped again. Fenhoff explains to him about how he was at Finau. He had a gas mask, but the others were not so lucky. Stark apologizes deeply, trying to show that this was not what was meant to happen. But Fenhoff doesn't care. He has suffered. And now he will make Stark suffer. Your guilt eats you, destroys you from the inside out. Again, that'll be familiar later. Fenhoff hypnotizes Stark and puts him under his control under these illusions. The SSR crew shows up seeing that Stark has taken off in an airplane. They have 12 minutes till he gets to Times Square. Jarvis says that he'll shoot Stark down if he must, despite having never shot a man down before. Thompson tells him if Carter can stop Fenhoff, he'll never have to fire a shot. Let's pray you're right. Meanwhile, Peggy and Dottie are fighting in the office as Fenhoff runs away. Uh, it's incredible how like the first punch goes and he's like, okay, bye. And he just, <laughs> looks it out. Uh, he's like my chance. Um, so after an intense fight, Peggy tosses her out of a goddamn window and she appears dead. Mm, classic mistake, right? Because you took your eyes off her. Uh, Fenhoff gets the drop on Thompson in the hangar. Sousa walks around the corner and pulls a gun on him. Ooh, double gets the drop, right? Uh-huh. Fenhoff begins to do his work with Sousa, telling him that he can keep him from his pain and tells him to focus. He begins inching forward, listening to Fenhoff's directions. Thompson pleads with Sousa. Sousa then turns and pistol whips Fenhoff, pulling earplugs out and retorts, was he saying something? Very God good. Damn. So good. Badass. Sousa rules. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, here's an interesting thing. 
I have somehow cut, I think on accident, I think when I was moving something, I fully deleted a full paragraph. So I'm <laughs> going to do this part climax. from memory. The climax. So <laughs> what happens is they, the, yeah, the I don't know what happened there. Like I'm looking at a, I'm literally looking at a place where there should, like you can see that right. I hit enter a couple times and something yeah. happened <laughs> because there was a paragraph there and it's just not there. So here's what happens though. So they know that they have this, this opening, right? There's, he's on the ground. They go back and Dottie's you know, been killed or knocked out or whatever. She gets on the, I call, I call it the horn, but you know, it's yeah. the little radio thing, right? And she's yeah. like, you know, Howard, Howard, you don't know, right? And he is under these illusions, right, that Fenhoff has given him. And he believes that he is flying out uh, in the Arctic and he's going to find Steve and he's, you know, he's going to bring him home for her. You know, Peg, I've got him, you know, all this other stuff. Like, I think I see him, you know, and they have this very emotional thing about it's not his fault. It's not either of their fault. Steve made his choice. Um, there's a lot of pain and grief and uh, and sort of finally coming to terms with things, right? Like it's it's something that I think they both sort of internalized and it's been spoken of, but they've never really had that moment for themselves, clarity. They've never had right. closure. And I think that this is the moment that gives them closure um, because it's that thing of, we're probably never going to find him. So like the closure comes in a different way, which is two friends finally discussing the grief of losing uh, the best friend. And like Howard mentioning that, you know, that he loved him, that, you know, this was someone that he greatly admired and that he appreciated. And, you know, she's like, well, hello, <laughs> hi, <laughs> you're talking to number one fan, you know, basically, or, you know, uh, so it's like, I get it. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's a good point. So he he breaks free of the of the um, of the illusion, and he turns around and he comes back. And Jarvis no longer needs to fire him down. Uh, so this is then I think the like comedy wise, this is part of the best episode, uh, best part of the episode. So back in the <laughs> office, right? Uh, they're you know uh, they uh, after having this like heart to heart about the love and loss of Steve Rogers and everything like that, and he turns back. Fenhoff is now in custody and he's you know, got a gag in his mouth and they're like, maybe we should put him in the trunk just to be sure, right? Uh, and then they go to find Dottie. Boom. Oh, Dottie's disappeared. Very Jason moment, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and someone says, hmm, I doubt this is the last we'll see of her. And then Stark laughs and says, Ida, I knew I'd remember. <laughs> and, that's this, and that's the clip. Uh, I think that that is so goddamn funny because I thought about how earlier he goes, don't tell me. Lorraine. And it's like uh, wrong. Well, unbelievably wrong. And I think it's hilarious because like, yes, he does remember her and he's like, it's Ida. But like, it's great because like he got it right for what he knew, but it's like, right, Oh buddy, right. you've missed so much. You're still <laughs> so wrong. Uh, right. But just, I love the way he goes, <laughs> Ida, I knew I'd remember. And the way they, the, like the uh, Jarvis and uh, Peggy look at each other like, oh. yeah, start. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say that the uh, the line where uh, he was like, "You were really gonna shoot me down, Jarvis," and Jarvis was like, "Well, I thought that's what you wanted." He was like, "No, no, <laughs> never ever yeah. shoot me down." <laughs> that's that's a good point. Yeah, I, that is also a very good uh, line. I In think no I'm, circumstances yeah. do I want to be shot at. <laughs> Oof. Which fair? It's I, true. I, that's a fair point. I think like Stark is someone who 
interestingly enough, I think this is something that's like father and son type situation, right? I think the common thread of Stark stories is legacy and sure. the things that they do with their time. And I think both of them wanting as much time as possible to do as many things as possible. Yeah. You know, it's a, uh, it's a fascinating thing that you see come up time and time again for both Howard and uh, Tony. Yeah. I, I think there's also that like shared lineage of, you know, torture, uh, torture genius kind of mm. thing mm-hmm. of like, I want to be known as a good person and they both have, you know, created things that have been used for war. Agre- uh, granted, we're going way into the future on this right. historical podcast. Um, but, but like they, you know, you'll, you'll see this ripple of like, I was trying to build something useful for humanity and they were, they used it to kill people. Right. right. And just so you know, Mike, uh, because we don't talk about the future on this podcast ever, no matter what the circumstance, mm-hmm. definitely never about, you know, winter soldier, definitely never about uh, definitely Falcon never. and the yeah, winter yeah. soldier. Mm-hmm. I am going to have to cut what you just said. I'm so That's sorry. fine. Yeah. I try. I tried to save it at the end, but sure. I clearly, clearly, I understand. And mm-hmm. you know, this is why I come on the podcast so I can, you know, put, say words that are cut off. I have a couple of notes. If, if yes, we, if absolutely. Then uh, I'm very, very glad that we have Mike on the show uh, okay. for once. And I just wanted to start to buy. For what's, that? what's that? Can I can I ask a clarification on that one? <laughs> yeah. Are you saying you're glad that for once we have Mike on? Or are you saying like, you know, as in like it's been a minute and like you're glad that he's back? Or are you saying yeah. for the first time ever, you're I'm actually glad, glad he's that on Mike the show. Is actually here. <laughs> I will say that the first one doesn't uh, like syntactically make sense, but that is the one that I meant because it's the nicer one. <clears throat> so, no, uh, my first note is that. in when Stark is sitting in the office, um, talking to Sousa he looks at Sousa and says looks at Sousa's leg and says yeah, I could I could help you with that and I was like yeah the scavengers annual number two yeah I I, I thought of that too when, <laughs> when, when it said it I'm like I I've ha- I have a new perspective on this yeah exactly uh another Stark line uh I think it's Peggy that says there are other ways to get Fenhoff into the open and Stark says name one no name three and <laughs> That felt very uh, what's one more of Stark. It very much is, yeah. <laughs> what's another? That's what. What's and uh, I wish every movie or TV show had people occasionally being like, "Wait, what's the date?" Because that would make my job making so the timeline a lot easier. <laughs> I I think every movie and TV show needs to start having moments where someone looks at a newspaper or their phone for a yeah. brief second, because you know all all of our phones now have that thing that's like Sunday, December fourth, right on it. You know, like we yeah. need that where someone's like. Yeah, oh, it's it's almost time for me to go to my appointment. You're like, ah, it's December fourth. We are uh, we are recording this on do, do December fourth, twenty twenty two. It's true. Happy birthday! Do you Jay-Z. remember a week ago when the United States played a soccer game in the World Cup? My daughter has been more involved with the World Cup than I have been since Brazil won in I think nineteen ninety six, uh, and I think that's very fun. Can I let you in on a little secret? I have never watched a single World Cup game. Oh, same. Oh, I know. You know what? Actually, at Dairy Queen today, they had them on. And so I have seen about uh, about 10 minutes of one. They scored a goal while we were there, which was that's exciting. pretty huge. That's for a soccer game. That's pretty exciting. Cent- I love soccer, by the way, but center it, holds I the- recognize that there's like moments. Anyway, center passes that's, a forward, that's a tangent. I didn't write it center. in the chat. You're center good. That was it. a small one. Holds it. Holds it. 
I, I, Mike and I had a quick conversation. Okay. I was going to say, because, because I, all I came back to was James saying, hold it. And I had no clue what that meant. (laughs) You never listened to me. Uh, I was just the last, what's that? Um, (laughs) And my last note is, uh, okay. I can't just laugh at the show as if I'm listening to it (laughs) on a podcast. Uh, Susa pulled an Odysseus with the, with the, the, putting the earplugs in. Uh, when Odysseus was on the ship and the sirens mm-hmm. were trying to steal yeah. him, of mm-hmm. course, he he put some wool in his ears, but Susie used a modern wool. Plastic. <laughs> modern James, wool. The most, the most modern of wool. <laughs> James had a look on his face that I don't know how to describe it. Like, James was, I feel like, like proud for a brief moment, and then there was almost like a shame that, that crept over his face after he made the line, like, today's modern wool, plastic. Mm. And then the face, the face immediately <laughs> fell like mm, now acting. Mm. Yeah. All right, those are my notes, and then I have an Avengers Ensemble. But Mike, I want your notes about well, me. I, I, th- I, well, oh, okay, James. Uh, I do uh, since I'm giving. Okay, <clears throat> let me pull out my big stack of notes. No, uh, I have no notes for you specifically, James. You're doing a great job. Great. Now, Colin. Good. Oh yeah. You're also doing a great job. I cool. love the okay. show, and I'm I'm glad to be a part of it any way that I can be. All right, so um, Avengers Ensemble. Great. So Avengers, um, we yeah. have <laughs> <laughs> you and I both went for the same show. That's so funny. Excellent. Please, please uh, no. Please. Like I, I think I, I think you mentioned the line. I still want to kill Thompson, but no more than usual, which mm-hmm. is a very very great line. Um, I there's a there's a moment when Dominic Cooper playing Howard Stark. When he's sitting in the back of the car that has been kind of overtaken by the Finhoff uh, fake policeman, where he he just looks he looks and he's just kind of accept, like, well, I made my bed and I'm gonna have to lay in it now. Yeah, um, that's that's very wonderful. Um, and I do love the dramatic poetry of Jarvis having to be the one that shoots Stark down if necessary. I think that's a really really strong choice. Absolutely. Um, and then yeah, that's that's the last of my notes. I've mentioned the other notes in uh, context, like the torture genius of the Stark lineage. Absolutely. Okay. Do we have anything else from these scenes though? I had um, getting us back on track when I was watching this to split up the timeline. Hmm. Uh. It was the second time in this season when I was like, okay, and the scene stops here, uh, and then we cut to when Dooley goes home. Okay, cool. And in this one, I was like, okay, so this is a flashback back to uh, when they were looking for And I was like, oh, oh, nope, it's a mind thing. Got it. Never mind. Erase, 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 erase. Because it looks like he's back in 19, actually, uh, 1945, I think it was episode 19, when he was looking for, We t- actually, we had Mike on for that one, too. Yep. I was uh, there when he was. I remember in his that conversation. He was, yeah, exactly. Uh, it looks like it's right from right around then, but it's not. It's just a, a hallucination, and uh, it got me again. Got me twice. Got me once. Got me again. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on you me. can't because you can't fool me again. Do you, do you know that George Bush quote? <laughs> have you no. have you ever heard of that? It's no. amazing. Yes. It's a thing where he's like he's trying to do that phrase. <laughs> Yeah, but he said, "I think he says fool me again or something like that." And he goes, "You can't, because you can't fool me anymore." Or something like that. It's like he forgets what the phrase is halfway through, and just is like, "Fuck it, I'll just send it." I'm, I'll just, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm going to ask a question that I'm pretty sure I know the answer to, but I just want to clarify just for my own old age feeling. When you said that was a George Bush quote, George Bush Jr. Yeah, George. Yeah. Okay. 
Back in my day, we called him George W. But that's okay. That's true. It is, it is George W. Bush. George W. Bush. Shit. I, <laughs> you know, either YouTube is listening or it just knows because I typed in George W. Bush. And for me, the first thing is fool me one, shame on you. Second option is shoe. Uh, then there's first pitch. The now watch me hit this drive. I don't know what that is, but I'm kind of. Oh, yeah. Up. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna. It, it, it's it's he's playing golf. Is oh, is what it, it is. okay? He was talking about some kind of war crime or something, and he's like, "Now watch me hit this drive or right. something." Yeah, that's hilarious. Avengers Ensemble. The mechanic that Dottie kills at the first uh, part, uh, during which a new opportunity arises. Um, just since I left the car, is played by uh, a guy named Alex Daniels, who is primarily a stuntman. I I say, uh, honoring my covenant with Colin to, if they are primarily a stuntman, don't make it seem like they, they've done two acting roles and then just like gone to work for an insurance company when they have 300 stunt roles. Uh, he was on one episode of Avengers, Avengers of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's not it. He was on one episode <laughs> of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, one episode of The Mentalist. The Mentalist. The Mentalist. Oh, well, crazy. Um, not for another a couple of seasons though. So uh, don't go, don't run to P- Patreon just yet. Um, he was in a movie called Red Riding Hood meets Frankenstein. So that's a movie that exists. Two episodes of Twenty Four. He was in the movie Holes. He was an observatory guard in Batman and Robin. Um, it's so funny how many of these like Marvel sort of bit players are also in Batman and Robin. <laughs> like not even like some Batman stuff. It's like specifically that one. Uh he was in the uh fantastic sequel Honey I Blew Up the Kid. Um he was in a movie which I I'm sure no one regretted titling Secret Agent 00 Soul. Huh. Uh he was on one episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. One episode of the 1987 Twilight Zone, and he was a fed in the movie E.T. Um, so probably looking pretty young and also trying to kill a young alien Jesus. Um, reporter number one, who is the one that uh, asks about if Howard Stark was hiding out at the residence of Barbara Stanwyck, uh, is played by Matt Ramo, who has no nerdy stuff, no real nerdy stuff on his uh, filmography. Uh, reporter number two, who gets to say nothing is a guy named Ward Roberts, and he was on three episodes of Westworld and three episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, the ground crewman in Howard's Dream, which must be a wild role because you're like, I didn't even exist, uh, is a guy named Chris Patrickson, um, and he was on one episode of You, the television show You, not the episode of You, the person listening to this podcast. And that I thought you were eight, talking to me specifically. I, I was like, I didn't know I had episodes. Not you either, which is the name of my new you podcast. Um, and actually, <laughs> we call it you too, and I'd host with Bono. But uh, Agent Camden right. or Comden, who is uh, specifically someone whose voice we hear and gets named, uh, is not credited with uh, being played by anyone at all, which means, of course, Chris Evans. Um, so that is. <laughs> I'm joking. That I don't know. It's it's weird when they're like Agent Comden, come in. Oh no, I'm Agent Comden. What? Oh gosh, and then nothing. That guy's just a you know the cameraman. I mean, it's very possible. That's uh, yeah. That's right. Actually, I always sort of assume that they just got someone who was walking by. Hey, you. 
Um, to I was gonna say honestly gonna... because it it might be even ADR'd in it yeah. might just be like the guy at the recording studio. You know, and it could we you know, we could look in the ADR loop group and it could find that voice right away. But uh, unfortunately, that's not how IMDb works just yet. But once the ADRs take over the world, watch out. That's all I have for Avengers Ensemble. Shall I break into the Howard Stark vault um, in our recording schedule one last time? As we do when we have someone as a guest on our show, we're going to have Mike uh, put on the spot and uh, give a recommendation about uh, one and a half of his shows. Mike, it'll be okay. up to you about which one and a which half you're going you to do. Get to give half, yeah. And if you, or if you yeah. point seven five of of each, or interesting, interesting. I don't know. Mm. It's up to you. So uh, well, the floor you is yours what? and a half. I, I'm a, f- a floor and a half. Thank you. Uh, my favorite number of floors in a house. Uh, <laughs> I will. I will say I need. I need you to keep me on the straight and narrow on this one because uh, I'm not sure if I will be going too far. You just hit that buzzer and I'll be uh, thrown off the stage and a half right. again. Right. So the stage one stuff. podcast I really want you to listen to is Good Morning Greendale. It's my uh, my podcast with my co-host Ben, my good friend Ben. Uh, we talk about community. Um, and we're going to be doing that apparently until the heat death of the universe, just like you, because they'll keep making new community. <laughs> um, and my other podcast is Back to the Futurama, which is about future. Great. Thanks, Mike. And uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for joining us to talk about season one of Agent Carter. Uh, it was it was my pleasure and an honor to be part of Agent of Carter season one. Agent of Carter. Absolutely. It's the... <laughs> It's like a, a you know so, uh, essence of eau de parfum. Uh, I, I have exactly. noticed that we have you as a guest on at the end of Captain America, Agent Carter season one and Agent Carter season two. You are our like you're our like closing reliever. And, yeah, uh, you're a closer. Yeah, I'm the closer. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm I'm the Mariano Rivera here. Oh yeah, sure. Oh that also yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, well that's gonna do it for us for this week. Um, join us next week. Join us next time for uh, the end of season one of Agent Carter. As always, I am James Anderson. I'm Colin Parker. And I'm Mike Snyder. Excelsior! Mike, it's just a dream. Wake up. It's not Excelsior. Come on. Wake Oh, God. What? What? It's the... What? I, it seems so real. Wait a exactly. minute. And you were Excelsior? And you were Excelsior? <laughs> and you were Excelsior? <laughs> Terrific. Terrific. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.